Tom, thank you very much for joining us here on AU Manufacturing Conversations. Good to have you on the program. Fantastic. Uh, great to be here. Thanks, Brent. So first question, as always, is how did you get here and what do you make? Ah, excellent. So I am with Illumination. So Illumination is an immersive technology company. I've been with Illumination for about over three months, four months now. I came to Illumination from Big Four Consulting, where I headed up technology and digital practices. Um, I joined Illumination because of the technology and, and what we were doing across the vision for transforming the way that we teach, learn and work through immersive technologies and seeing the products that we were producing in Illumination and, and how they um, were being applied across a broad range of segments really appealed to me and so i've taken the role of head of enterprise and government so focusing on growing the use of uh, immersive technologies through training and operations across industry manufacturing defense mining resources and a broad range of sectors we will probably get to some terms that might not be wholly familiar to listeners, so let's get a little bit of glossary work out at the top. Tell me about XR, VR, AR, any any other topics that you think might come up in this conversation that might be worth defining before we go any further. Perfect, yes. So when we talk about immersive technology from a illumination perspective, it, it's recognising that we think that the world has moved on and technology and the use of that has moved on from just traditional virtual reality so when we talk about xr it's extended reality which combines real and virtual environments Mm -hmm. so we see ourselves as pioneers in the application of immersive xr technology so that's across the use of traditional virtual reality across augmented reality and uh, then bringing those technologies together with other key technologies such as artificial intelligence to deliver transformational immersive experiences and, and learning outcomes and then bringing those also into the real operational worlds as well. Another thing that might be good to ask about early on is uh, some of the work that Lumination Labs is involved in a little bit about the customer base, who's seen fit to partner with you guys and what are you doing with them at this point? Illumination uh, started approximately six years ago. So we started in Adelaide and we are still headquartered in Adelaide, albeit we opened our Sydney office about two or three weeks ago. Mm-hmm. We started in education technology, so building curriculum-aligned learning outcomes. We're using immersive technology, so a combination of augmented reality and simple virtual reality with mobile headsets and then expanding into the use of fully immersive virtual reality devices and environments to deliver learning outcomes with schools across a range of subjects, everything from STEM-based subjects, but through arts, social sciences, um, English history, etc. About two years ago, we then, through some initial conversations with a number of key partners, so BAE being one of those, we identified the I guess, equal, if not greater, applicability of those technologies, immersive technologies in the realm of industry, 
defense, manufacturing, so a couple of key focus areas. And so we started working with some of those partners to then look at the application of those technologies in their ecosystems. BAE has been a really great example partner there where we've undertaken a number of different initiatives with testing and then scaling the use of different types of immersive technology. So we have one project that we are working with BAE and the Defence Innovation Hub and the University of South Australia around an AI-driven scenario-based learning environment, which is essentially changing the traditional scenario learning activities for leaders and and officers in defence and being able to create an environment that is infinitely variable and understands individual players in that environment and then adjusts the scenarios and environments based on how those individuals respond and react and ensures that they are learning outcomes as opposed to just learning sequences, so changing that learning profile quite materially. Another area that we're working with BAE is in the deployment of a product that we've developed called Overlay. So Overlay is an AI-driven object recognition platform that enables you to very simply and easily train physical objects and then tie those objects to any piece of metadata. So we said it's the first instance of truly democratised object recognition, making it sort of accessible to anyone. It's uh, powered by machine learning and enables users to train the platform to recognise objects and assign information, instructions, tasks to those and then uh, be able to scan objects that have been pre-recognised within a library and access real-time up-to-date information training or workflow activities. So we are um, working with BAE around the application of that in the modern manufacturing space so at their Tonsley Line Zero factory of the future so a a great opportunity there. Great and could you please Uh, give me before we go any further could you please give me an example of a scenario that you might be sort of uh, replicating in, in the virtual world for, for this overlay, it, would you be sort of, you'd have a person and they're in a headset and they're looking at a factory environment and they're interacting with it, or is just a sort of a, a sort of practical example of what situation they might be training in and, and how it works? So in BAE Systems Factory of the Future, we have looked at solving the disconnect between that sort of physical and digital worlds and and the underlying systems that traditionally support those. So object recognition and training historically were limited to engineers and, and requiring engineers to actually build those physical objects and so had dependencies on critical expertise. And so through overlay, we've been able to democratise this information, putting the knowledge and, and technology hands of everyone so users there would train overlay and and to recognize a piece of equipment or a supply and then link that to steps that might relate to maintaining fixing or repairing or use of that equipment so that could be quality management it could be safety and compliance 
checklists and, and activities. It could be core support and maintenance and being able to link particular machinery and, and components within a manufacturing space to that key information at the point of need of use. It's been key and that's what we've sort of focused on in that use case. And so you mentioned as part of your former role that you were looking at technology adoption and digital practices and you're currently working on projects like the one you've mentioned just then. What have you seen so far in terms of adoption of VR, AR and related technologies by manufacturers and what do you expect to see in the near term and medium term future? So I think probably the biggest shift that I've seen is Traditionally, VR and associated technologies were limited to the realm of training and that you know, they were being utilised across modern manufacturing like for training and onboarding purposes, but then when it came time to perform operational functions and physical activities, they were still then being done outside of that um, immersive technology space. What we're seeing now more and more is that the gap between traditional training and operational activities is now being bridged and we are seeing more and more of these technologies, particularly augmented reality technologies, being taken into the operational environments. So we're seeing now the same technologies that you use to learn and develop the key skills on, the technologies that you're actually starting to use in the day-to-day work environments as well. something about the the size of the company you mentioned that you're you've just opened a sydney office you're expanding what's the the sort of the headcount at at lumination labs and what what sort of roles do people work in we at lumination are seeing very rapid growth being driven both in terms of the increase in adoption of immersive technologies as part of a core element of delivering school-based learning outcomes but also particularly with industry manufacturing defense the rapid growth and adoption of these technologies so illumination was approximately 15 people july last year we are now close to 100 people i think we're um, somewhere in the high 80s to 90 odd TE at Illumination now. So very rapid growth in the last sort of 12 to 18 months here for us, which has seen us move into a much larger premises in Adelaide as our core space, but also building that Sydney office, as I mentioned. The key role, so we are first and foremost a software focused organisation whilst the immersive technologies are delivered oftentimes through devices we recognise that different devices uh, and technology around those devices are being used differently across businesses and industry so we focus around as much as we can being device agnostic and delivering software platforms that enable those technologies and those devices to deliver these outcomes so as a result we're probably 
40% of our, 30 to 40% of our organisation are software engineers and they range from the 3D environment build um, engineers through UI, UX, integration engineers, a heavy focus for us around AI, the deployment of AI across our immersive technologies. And so that makes up a, a large part of our organisation. We also have another fairly substantial team is our education team. Now, they actually work both in the K-12 education space, but also in the, the learning focused areas for industries where they help bring the application of the technologies that we have and that are also deployed more broadly and align those to learning outcomes. So a very heavy focus around uh, learning framework or set of frameworks and pedagogy that actually ensures that we're outcome focused in the use of these technologies. And then the rest of the organisation is made up of core management, operational support, sales and our fabulous comms and marketing team. And I'd like to know, please, a little bit about the recently announced Beacon partnership with BAE Systems Australia for four to six, or year four to six students, excuse me. Tell me a little bit about that and what you expect to come out of it. We're very proud of um, that partnership with Beacon. It was actually co-launched with BAE's Australian CEO and the Federal Minister for Skills. So we've partnered with BAE to launch this national STEM outreach program. So the program, I think, has started with approximately 15 schools across three states, so South Australia, New South Wales and Western Australia, and it's aimed to engage students, particularly in lower socioeconomic regions who might not otherwise have access to STEM technologies and programs and provide them a couple, I think there are two core delivery focuses, so a, a intensive uh, STEM-based camp and then a broader project-based longer program, but where they're exposed to the use of immersive technologies across VR, AR, AI, but also robotics, 3D modelling, coding, where they are looking to use those technologies to develop solutions for real-world problems. So the focus of the program is built around the United Nations Sustainability Goals. So they look to understand those goals and sustainability more broadly and then how these uh, immersive technologies might help them understand, design and build solutions that align to those goals. For, I guess for, for anyone really, why is an immersive scenario and, and combining that with, I guess, regular rote learning, I'm guessing, why is that an improved way to learn? Is it just sexier? Is it just something that people think, <laughs> oh, wow, I can pay attention because this isn't in a book? It, it, what, what is the, the hook here? Certainly, that, that definitely is, is an outcome. It's, it's not the primary so what studies have sort of shown, immersive technology provides greater levels both of engagement but also, and probably more importantly, retention. So what we focus on with our education 
programs and, and particularly in Beacon is that immersive technology is incorporated as part of the learning experience. It's not that they have VR as a toy and they go off and play, but it's actually incorporated into a learning module into a piece of curriculum. So they will do aspects of traditional learning. They will also then do solutioning and ideation around using frameworks that we actually see used in enterprise and industry. So design thinking based principles to actually come up with some of the solutions that they're working on. And so they will do that in collaboration and co-creation together. And then they will use aspects of coding and development and then consume immersive technology through both mobile headsets and, and the fully immersive devices. So it is that combination across the lessons and across the curriculum that we feel and, and has been backed up um, by extensive research that ensures that the students are more actively engaged, that they are actually retaining more information for longer through the use of these technologies. And I wanted to know, you know, obviously the, the metaverse is a buzzword of the last few years. Being that you're, you're involved with digital experiential technology, I, I wanted to know your opinion on the metaverse and wh- how you see it changing our lives in the, in the next few years. The first call out I'd say around the metaverse is, no, it, it's absolutely something we see as... as growing and and becoming you know a core part of the way we interact both in in work context but also in a personal and social context the tagline for overlay our uh, ai driven object recognition platform is actually that it democratizes the metaverse and you know that's a a bit of an internal strap line but it it (laughs) does i think reflect where we see the growth around the metaverse and how it will um, sort of intrinsically find its its way into everything that we're doing. So there is a wealth of information out there in terms of whether through the internet or all of our information assets and being able to connect that information to the objects and, and points of interest at the time of interest for individuals is where we sort of see the value of the metaverse. So traditionally, right now, people will have you know a question, an idea or something, and they will jump on their phones and they will Google to find out more. You know, taking away some of those steps or, or reducing the step times and you know being able to present the right information to the right people at the right time is where we sort of see the real value of the metaverse. And so it is that connection of physical and digital in a way that enhances your experiences, doesn't you know, just create noise and, yeah. and fun, but um, you know, that enhances those experiences and those interactions is where we see the real value coming from a metaverse perspective. Last question is, uh, why do you think it's important for Australia to have a strong manufacturing ecosystem? I think that if COVID and then some of the geopolitical challenges and changes that have been occurring of recent times have shown anything. It's that a reliance, too much of a reliance on single supply chains in a global supply network do present 
risks in the event that those supply chains are interrupted for whatever reason. And so for Australia to continue to grow and the economy to grow around it, we can't have an absolute dependence on any one critical point. So being able to support and sustain key manufacturing elements um, in that supply chain will ensure that we manage any risk of interruption, but it also provides us the opportunity to accelerate technology advancement, research development, and perhaps see us uh, more and more as a player and a contributor in that global supply chain and being able to start to present more in the export of higher value goods and services relating to that. Tom, it's been fun speaking to you, but I believe that's the end of the conversation. So thank you very much for joining us here on AU Manufacturing Conversations. It was nice to meet you by phone. Fantastic, and great to meet you too, Brent. Really appreciate it. Thank you.